Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for welcoming me into your homes this morning. My name is Lily Graham. I'm married to Douglas Graham. We have a six month old son um, and we've been married for four and a half years now. Um, and we also want to invite Jesus into our homes this morning. In Revelation 3 verse 20, it says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So I'm just gonna simply ask Jesus to come into our home. Father, we ask you into our homes this morning. We thank you that you are here with us. We thank you that even though we're separated, by distance, you unite us in the spirit. Jesus, we uh, want to be one with you this morning. And we say there's no no-go areas in our lives this morning. Come in, be the presence in our home and be the peace between us. Amen. Well, the title of the message today is Just Believe. And we're continuing our series about Jesus going into people's homes and people welcoming Jesus in to their most vulnerable and genuine spaces. And we're looking at the impact he had when he reached out to people in their homes. So to continue this account, we're gonna be reading from Luke 8. And we're reading two sections today uh, because the story is split. It will be Luke 8 verse 40 to 42. And then we're gonna jump down to 49. Um, and that will appear in the closed captions at the bottom. And it says this, now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus's feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. And then down to 49, it says, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were still wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. And as we unpack this passage, we're going to be looking at two things. We're going to be looking at building faith in our own lives and building faith in our homes. How can we build faith in our own lives and use that to impact the environment around us in our homes at this time? The answer is a simple one, but the implementation can sometimes be challenging. And the answer Jesus tells us in verse 50 is this. He says, do not be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. Now, I had the opportunity to learn Spanish a few years back, and I learned a lot about grammar and vocab. Well, I learned something about grammar um, and vocab. I tried. <laughs> and there's a verb form called the imperative. 
And the imperative is a verb form that is a command. And you may have heard it around the home recently. Do the washing up, go to your bedroom, finish your work. When you give somebody a command and you tell them what to do, that is called an imperative command form. And it's different from an implication or a suggestion. I think in the English language, we tend to be terribly polite and deferential. And we kind of use other words around this. And we might say, please, could you do the washing up? It would be very nice if you went and did your work. And I think the further through lockdown we're going, the more imperative commands we are probably using. But in other languages, you can clearly differentiate between a suggestion and a command. And that's called the imperative command. It means imperative means vital importance, crucial, an essential or urgent thing. So this phrase that Jesus speaks to Jairus, it's not a suggestion, it's not a consolation or a comfort to him. It is a command to believe. When you look at the Greek, Jesus commands him emphatically. He says, do not be afraid or certainly do not fear. Only just this one thing, believe, and she will be healed. One of my favorite movies as a child was Miracle on 34th Street. It's a really lovely Christmas movie about a little girl who lives in New York and she really wants to see some changes in the life of herself and her mother, but she's struggling to believe. She spends the whole movie learning how to believe and she scrunches her eyes together and she squints her nose and she wishes and hopes really hard for something. And it's got a lovely ending. Um, and I definitely recommend it as a movie to watch if you haven't seen it. But when Jesus says, just believe, this is not the same thing. It's not a whimsical hope or a nice suggestion or a desperation. It is a commanding uh, tone. He is commanding something into the life of Jairus. How do we build faith for ourselves? We obey Jesus's command to believe. In 1 John 3, uh, it says this, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And in this passage, John reveals the key to implementing the simple commandment, just believe. He says in verse five, something, he says in verse five, who is it that overcomes the world? The one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. If this is the foundation of our faith, then we are secure whatever the circumstances. Because our faith is not a belief that he is able it is a belief in the one who is able right. it is not a belief that he is able it is a belief in the one who is able it is not wishing or hoping that jesus can meet or answer our needs jesus is the son of god it is having a relationship with him and because we know him we love him and because we love him we follow his commands, just believe. 
those who were present at the house that day lacked that belief in Jesus. They laughed when he challenged the circumstances in front of him. It says they laughed knowing that she was dead. All they had to hold on to were the physical facts that they could see. But Jesus saw the spiritual reality. There was redemption and life for this girl. He reframed the situation. She's not dead. She's asleep. When we believe that Jesus is the son of God, we do not need to be afraid of the facts because we have something greater. The spiritual reality is always greater than the physical facts. And this was the experience we find in another famous story in the Bible, where a woman laughed at the spiritual reality that God placed in front of her. Abraham's wife, Sarah, was barren. The physical facts were she was old and she'd never carried a son for Abraham during their marriage. When God reframed her circumstances and promised her a child, she laughed. It wasn't a laugh of joy or fun. It was a laugh of bitterness and pain. It was a laugh of repeated disappointments. It was a laugh that acknowledged the disdain that she experienced from others and the repeated uh, physical circumstances in front of her that they could all see that she was old and they all believed that it was too late for her. And yet Sarah grew close to God. She developed an understanding and then a relationship with him. And that changed everything for her. And we know that because it says in Hebrews 11, verse 11, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Her faith was not in the ability of God to bring her a child, but her faith was in him who had made the promise. Her faith was not in the ability of God to bring her a child, but her faith was in him who had made the promise. And if you're struggling to build faith in your life at this time, if it seems difficult to follow the command to just believe, I want to encourage you this morning, don't focus on what it is that you need God to be able to change for you, but focus on Jesus, the one who is able. He is faithful. And when we know this truth, for ourselves when we build that faith into our own lives how can we bring that faith into the environment of our homes well this relationship with jesus the able one needs to become the biggest voice that we listen to the greatest voice in our homes this is why god said to the israelites after he gave his commandments these commandments that i give to you today are to be on your hearts impress them on your children Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and in your gates. Let the spiritual truths of God be the greatest voice in your home. In this account of Jairus, we can see that Jesus removes everybody who is focused on the physical circumstances in front of them those who do not have a relationship and a trust in him. And instead he fills the home with voices of those who are believing in the spiritual reality, those who know him or those who believe in him and are seeking for him to bring about that change. 
Now at this time, it's a bit difficult to create a physical distance between yourself and those that you live with. You can't simply remove yourself or others from your home. Stay home, stay safe. Um, and if you're living with people without a faith, it's difficult to create faithful conversations. Or if you're living at home alone, that can be really challenging. And we're with you this morning and we want to support you in every way that we can. But the voices in our homes are not only the voices spoken from people around us. I once heard a story uh, that Pastor Claudia shared. Uh, she's the pastor in Colombia of the church that we're, we're connected to out there. And she said she wanted to know who her daughter's best friends were. So she went into their bedrooms. And at the time I was listening uh, to this through translation and I thought, oh, the translators got that wrong. That's a bit odd. Just keep listening. Uh, but the pastor said she went to the bedsides of her daughter and she started to look at the books that they were reading. And she was relieved to see that they were reading uh, uh, books about, from good Christian uh, authors, men and women who were talking about truths and encouragement of the Christian faith. We let all sorts of voices into our homes. What are we reading? What are we listening to? What are we watching? And where does the voice come through? In our gaming, in the apps that we use, in the way that we connect over social media? Who is framing our current understanding of this crisis? Is it the news? Or do we have faith that the one who is able is also able to speak a better word over the circumstances that we are walking through at this time. Now, this does not mean that we cut ourselves off completely from the world. It is a challenge to us today. Whose voice are you giving priority to? Whose voice are you giving authority to in your life? Whose voice is the greatest in your home? And to finish, I want to tell you a story about a woman who lived a very simple life, but it was one that had a dramatic impact. Susanna Wesley uh, lived some time ago. She single-handedly raised 10 children at the end of the 1600s. There were no microwaves, no hot running water. There was no technology to entertain her children. And she was educating them herself. There was no local school for them to go to. She taught them languages. She taught them general subjects. She taught them all that they knew. And she did all of that amidst challenging financial circumstances. Um, I learned recently that their home even burnt down twice uh, and she had to relocate all the children. She is a, a woman that I admire and aspire to be. <laughs> But despite her excessively busy days, she would always find time to be with the Lord. She famously used to sit in the kitchen and cover her head with an apron. And that meant to all the children that they could not disturb her because she was spending time with God. I'm not sure my six month old son has quite grasped that at this time, but I, I can try it. Um, but she said this, she said, I have followed this rule since I was very young never spend more time on fun or entertainment than on prayer and the study of the word. Now, when I first heard that, I was really convicted and to be honest, slightly overwhelmed at the thought. Um, it felt, I felt slightly guilty perhaps, but when I thought it through, I had a realization and I was thinking about my relationship with my husband, Doug. I don't want to spend more time on the things that interest me and looking at things that I'm interested in or spending time on myself or looking after myself than I do investing in our marriage and in our relationship. I want to put that 
as a high priority in my life. And in the same way, I want to spend that time with Jesus. It's a relationship that has depth and meaning and that I want to have a full and satisfying relationship with Jesus. And I want to read to you something from a devotional book that I read. Um, and when I was reading it the other day, this came up at the end of one of the devotionals that I was reading. And it says this, you stand and it, at an exciting new door of opportunity to know God more intimately every time you believe in him. Every step of faith leads you to a deeper relationship of faith with him. It is an open invitation to know God more intimately. So what does that practically look like in our lives? Well, here are some suggestions of how to bring faith into your home at this time. And the first thing that I find really encouraging in my home is to play worship music. We love to listen to worship music in our house. And I know recently there was a link on the church Instagram that had a playlist that went up with some good suggestions of songs that we might sing on a Sunday morning. And this week, our media team and some of those among the church are going to be working hard to send more suggestions your way and to put up different types of Christian artists that you might be interested in, because in, I know that we all have a different taste in music. So we're going to find Christian alternatives to the music that you enjoy so that you can fill your home with the presence and peace of God at this time. Listen to Christian podcasts. There are so many great uh, messages out there that we have access to through the internet. Um, I remember a famous quote once that the creators of the internet probably never intended uh, people to watch so many cat videos. <laughs> it was created as a, a sharing tool of intelligence and a way to share knowledge through universities. And mostly we just watch cat videos. So let's use it for something more productive. Let's listen to some great words and messages and connect with other Christian communities out there who are sharing great words at this time. And you can obviously uh, connect to the words that we've had at church previously on our website. You can listen to sermons that have already been preached. What a great way to encourage yourself further. Read good books. I'm going to drop Alison Bowie in it and say that on her Instagram account, she's been reading good Christian books at this time and leaving book reviews. Connect up with her, Alison Bowie on Instagram, watch the books or look at the books that she's been reading and the reviews that she's been leaving. And we're going to also through uh, the church Instagram account, ask some other people what their favorite books are at this time, their top 10 Christian reads so that you can find and connect uh, to good Christian authors and encourage your faith in your home at this time. Let your devotionals be a time that you spend together. I was really challenged by something that um, Antonia Charlton shared with me recently, that she's changed the time of her devotional to the morning. She tends to prefer to do it at nighttime, but she's doing it in the morning because she wants to do it around the children and around the family where she can set an example and show them what she's reading and talk to them about it. If you have children, make a den in your living room and get together underneath a blanket or create somewhere special where you go together to read the word of God and talk about what it means. Take snacks. You know, if, it's, if you do that during a movie time, do it during your devotional time discuss what they think the story means and explain the bible to them turn on your screen time reports that's a big challenge to me I, I often think i might not have enough time in a day i have a small baby my time is really busy but how much time do i find in between things to be on my phone looking at 
social media. It's not always bad to do that, but is that outweighing the time that I'm spending with God? Am I spending two and a half hours somehow magically on my phone and saying that I've only got 15 minutes to read my Bible in the morning? I want to spend more time with the word of God. I want to spend more time getting to know Jesus. So turn your screen time on. And if you want to be uh, particularly accountable, you know, you can always share that with your city group leader if you're struggling in that area and you want someone to encourage you and stand alongside you with that. Um, that was my husband's suggestion. So you can blame him if that's a particular challenge to you. Um, I'm sure he'll be sharing his with his pastor. <laughs> Go on to Little Big Heroes website if you have children. There's a YouTube channel, Little Big Heroes. They've got lots of videos, uh, musical songs that they've written about different Bible stories and different videos that you can watch about the, video, the stories in the Bible as well. And we're also going to be putting some suggestions up online on our Instagram account of ways that you can encourage your children at this time. I know on our website, Jared has really uh, excellently written a devotional, uh, two weeks worth of devotional to do with your children. So if you haven't done that yet, take a look at the website and, and do that devotional together. Bring God into the center of your home and build up faith that way. And channel your creativity into doing something for God. If you are musical or you like music at this time, practice worship songs that you enjoy listening to or even write your own songs um, and express your creativity that way. Or if it's painting or crafting or sewing, I think we've got a budding sewing community going on at church at the moment, especially <laughs> slightly younger people perhaps. And I know that, um, for example, Ruth has been creating this beautiful embroidery that says uh, prayer changes things. And it's, it's very stunning and it's on her Instagram account. So do something with your creativity that encourages your faith while you do it. And that's my encouragement to you today. Just believe. Believe in the one who is able and build your relationship and your trust with him and build that faith around you in your homes at this time by investing in the things of God. Let his voice be the greatest voice in your home. And I'm going to pray for us to finish. Um, and then we're going to hand on to somebody else uh, to, to pray a blessing over us for this week. So why don't you just close your eyes and pray this prayer with me wherever you are in your homes or just have it in your hearts. I'm going to pray for us. Father, today we turn our hearts to you. We put our faith in you. And we declare that Jesus is the son of God. Because of the cross, we confidently place our trust in you, Jesus. Today we commit to building our faith in you, building our relationship with you. We lift our eyes off the physical circumstances and we fix our eyes on the spiritual realities today we choose to believe to believe in the son of god and we invite you into our homes jesus to be the presence in our homes to be the peace in our rooms and to be the purpose in our lives jesus and we speak out a better way this morning that our lives are not on pause at this time but the kingdom of heaven is always advancing. God, we recognize this morning that your kingdom does not stop. Let it advance in our lives this morning, Jesus. Let us commit to bringing an atmosphere of faith in our home. Amen.